You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share heartfelt and inspirational messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself to God's unlimited blessings. When you speak about Shalem in Hebrew, it's image, and the meaning of this is statue. And, you know, in the ancient times, um, even before you reach a particular kingdom, there will always be a chilem, a statue. And once you see it, instantly you'll know who's the one reigning, who's the one uh, ruling the place. And this is something that we will get to know. No? The chilem is a symbolic representative of the king's presence. And that's why when we look into the Ten Commandments, we have one of the commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 that forbade creating images. And it says here, together, you shall not make for yourself an image. Again, say the word shalem. In the form of anything in heaven, above or on the earth, beneath or in the waters below. That we should no longer create another image because, my dear friends, we are God's image. Amen? I want you to bring out your phones whether it's a new one, upgraded one, or even if it's your favorite phone. So bring it out. Come on, guys. Check the person beside you. May cell phone bayan. Bring it out. I want you now to go to the camera mode. Yes, and do a selfie. Some of you are taking photos now. Sige. This is what I want you to do. I want you to talk to yourself and say to yourself, Together, you say, you are God's chalem. You are God's image. You are God's representative. Just mag ka bigla. Go. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Palapakan natin siya. You and I are God's representative here on earth. Yes? And this is why the Great Commission is very important for us, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20, let's read this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is pointing to us, my dear friends, that wherever we go, wherever you go, God is there. God is there. Look at the person beside you. When you are with this person, do you really feel God's presence? Ramdam mo ba si Lord sa kanya? Mukha bang kukunin ka na ni Lord? <laughs> Coach JC, you're saying that we are God's chalem, God's representative. And we bring God wherever we go. One experience that I won't forget that I really called upon all the saints. Have you done that? calling all the saints. Not just one saint, not just your favorite saint, but calling upon all the saints. As if I really prayed, all saints, please pray for me. I remember that experience because years ago, as a commuter, how many are commuters here? Come on, be proud. We're experiencing the forever traffic. Yes? Look at the person beside you. He or she is a survivor. In Tagalog, in Filipino, mandirigmaya, mandirigma. Yung fresh pumasok, paglabas, good luck. 
Years ago, as a commuter, I experienced this. I was in Hilpuyat. I rode a bus. I was relaxed there in the middle of the bus. And then all of a sudden, there was a group of men. They were not talking. They were observing who came in. And I really felt that something is wrong. As if, alert, alert, holdappers in the bus, snatchers in the bus. And so, even before something happened, I was able to transfer from the middle area of the bus all the way there at the back of the driver's seat, feeling that I'm already safe. But of course, I forgot about them. People came in, uh, and someone called. I answered it. After that, I put my phone back in the bag, and when it was about to go down, there was this man in front of me who was blocking my way as if he was dancing. And then at the back of me, they were shouting. They were already complaining. Come on, hurry up, hurry up. So what happened is I got distracted. Na modus poco. When I went down, magic. Bukas na yung bus, yung aking bag, and then wala. Wala na yung cellphone ko. <laughs> and the person who was blocking my way was the first person I saw. And he was uneasy. And I don't know, but maybe by God's grace, I was able to say the right words. I came to the man and I said, Kuya, can you help me? He cannot look into my eyes. He's still uneasy. But I keep on telling, Tulungan mo ko. Kuya, please help me. Someone came in to distract me again. I saw them. Your cell phone is there. But you know what I did? Ask me what? I asked both of them, mga kuya, please help me. And to cut the long story short, this is the shorter version, I was able to make them confess that they were part of the modus. And uh, you know what happened after that? Ask me what happened. Someone ask me what happened. I allowed myself to be kidnapped with them because... I asked them, I really want my cell phone back. And then they said, are you willing to come with us? So from Makati, we traveled all the way to Manila. And along the way, they were sharing to me all their tips, their techniques, their modus, as if I am the apprentice and they, you know, they're training me to be one of them. You know, we reached their place in Manila. They showed me around. What a beautiful place. And then going around, this is our house. This is our headquarters. We got hungry. We ate together. I was able to enter their world. Enter the world of snatchers and holdappers. And I was able to know their pains. I was able to know their concerns. And what happened po? Eventually, the group, majority of the group or all the members came back and I was surrounded by them again, panic mode. <laughs> and then the leader stepped forward. And the leader, I won't forget what the leader said. The leader said, thank you for treating my people with respect. This is the first time we experience it. I was just calm, but you know, in my mind, Lord, please save me. But by the grace of God, they gave back my cell phone. And the leader even said, this man is so good. Give him, give him jacket. Give him umbrella. Give him a new cell phone from our operation. I was about to get it, but, you know, stolen phone. I did not get it. And uh, the whole family of the leader was apologetic from Manila. They really brought me near my place in Valenzuela, in Monumento. And they were really saying sorry. 
And they were saying that next time around that we get to see each other in the roads, we'll just smile at each other. And I thought it was the last time. But wait, there's more. After three months in Guadalupe, a man came to me and then the man said, how are you? I saw the face of the leader. I said, I'm okay. You know, in that short conversation, I got to know that the first man who blocked my way, the one that I first asked for help, already changed his job. He was no longer part of the operation. He was just reselling the phones. <laughs> but really, we ended up, and I discovered that that man really was able to find a decent job. That crisis, that conversation led us to our conversion. And my dear friends, mabait naman tayo, nakakalimot lang. Look at the person beside you. Remind that person. Sabi mo sa kanya, mabait ka naman. Nakakalimot ka lang. Madalas. Can we just give a round of applause to all the people who are trying to be good, giving our best. But I shared with you an extraordinary experience. You don't have to go through that, my dear friends. Believe me, you don't want to go through the same experience I went through. Very light, but really difficult. But in our day-to-day living, you can be chilem to your family. You can be chilem to your friends. You can be chilem to your workplace. You can be chilem to your clients, to your customers. We just came back, my family and I came back from a vacation last week. And show that on screen, guys. Uh, we went to Singapore. We have a whole itinerary, of course, sightseeing, uh, going to different places. But something that I look forward in that trip was to meet people. Our Feast Singapore. Can we just acknowledge them? Can we just give a round of applause to our Feast Singapore? Thank you to all those friends uh, who met us during that trip. Sometimes you just need to do that. You just have to spend quality time with your family, with your friends, with the people. And with that, my dear friends, you are being God's chalem. To be God's face, you need to go face to face. Say that to the person beside you. To be God's face, you need to go face to face. And that's why as I close this one, before I call Brother Audi, I want to challenge you this week. Pray. Ask God. Lord, how do you want me to be your chalem after attending this feast? In my family, with my friends, in the workplace, the world out there. The world out there is crying out as in need of people like us who will become God's representative here on earth. Amen? Say to the person beside you, say yes. You are God's chalem. So, Coach Jason Libiran, maraming chalamat po. Let's call back on stage Brother Audi Villaraza. I love it, man. Thank you, Brother JC. Everybody say one more time, Chalem. In Pinoy, the pronunciation, pronunciation of that is Chalem. Parang chenes. Joke lang po yun, huh? I love what JC was preaching on, how you are the image of God. How many of you believe that, that you carry the image of God? Yes? You happen to be, when God created you, you were created in, the, in this image and likeness of God because He wanted you to become a representative. Say representative. 
a representative in this world. And so, you know, if you think about that, if that were really true, and we believe it to be true, don't you agree that sometimes we poorly represent God in this world? Like instead of people experiencing God's affection through you, they experience God's aggression through you. Let me share with you one of the biggest myths of all time. Is this okay? Can you hear me correctly? People in the back? If you can hear me in the back, can you clap your hands? Okay. Let me share with you one of the biggest myths of all time, okay? Here's the myth. I'm friendly. People find it easy to be friends with me. Can you raise your hand if you think you're friendly? Come on. Okay. Here's the fact. It's not enough that you're friendly. People have to perceive you to be friendly. Let me explain this. Our perception of ourselves is oftentimes different when it comes to the perception of others. Like for example, I used to think that I was Mr. Congeniality here in the feast. You know, I would say good morning to every person that I meet. So much so, it came to a point, I don't know if I was saying good morning to an attendee or a bystander. And I would know they were a bystander if they gave me this weird, crazy look. Like, who's this guy? So, I thought I was friendly until one time, someone approached me and said, Hi, Brother Odi. This is the first time I'm meeting you. Okay ka naman pala And then I said, Huh? What do you mean? No, nothing. Kala ko kasi dati suplado ka. It's not enough that you think you're friendly. People have to see you as friendly. You agree? And it works for other adjectives that you probably would have for yourself. It's, it's not enough that you think that you're the most loving, you're the most forgiving, you're the most merciful, you're the nicest person in the room because in the eyes of other people, they may see you differently. All right? I want you to imagine this practical, practical activity. Imagine yourself for a moment that you are in the shoes of another person, okay? Maybe a coworker, maybe a friend. Can you see yourself in the shoes of another person? Yes? Okay, I want you to imagine that you're coming you see yourself, here's the thought. Would you be the kind of person that when you see yourself, you would say, oh yeah, he's here, she's here? Or are you the kind of person that when you see yourself, you go like, oh no, he's here. She's here, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Which one are you? That's just food for thought. But let me encourage you right now, okay? When God created you, he, the Bible says that He created you not only good, but very good. Everybody say very good. Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 says this, that God saw all that He had made and He said it was very good. Can you turn to the person beside you? Does that person look very good? Or very, 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 very good? Yeah? You are God's You are the apple of God's eye, the apex of His creation. You are the masterpiece. So in the very beginning, we see this, that when He created you, you're already a saint. But here's my question. What happened? Everybody say, what happened? Sin happened. You fell. You got trampled by sin. You got walked over by sin. And so that's why there are days when your deeds and your actions don't reflect who God is. All of a sudden, you're showing this fake version of who God is. You understand what I'm saying? Let me tell you a story, okay? There were two priests 
who went to Boracay for a vacation and they've never been to the island so they wanted it to be a real vacation. So what they did was they wanted to show people that they were not priests. So the moment they went on the island when they came off the boat, the first thing they did was they went into a store and they bought the most outrageous clothes that you could find. You know, complete beach attire. Shorts, shirt, uh, I mean board shorts, complete with a hat and, and, and the shades. And the next morning, they were out in the sun and the sand enjoying the beach life, drinking their coconut juice. When from afar, they saw this very attractive young woman. She was, she, everybody was seeing her because she was so attractive. She was wearing, let me be careful with my words. She was wearing a one-piece bathing suit, okay? That's wholesome enough. So she was wearing a one-piece bathing suit and people were, were staring at her. And then all of a sudden, she passes through them and she says, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Father. And then she leaves. You know what they did? To their shock, they went back to the same store, bought even more outrageous clothes, the most floral shirts you could find. They almost they could blend in with nature. Then the next morning, again, they were out in the sand and they were enjoying the splendid island, the beach, drinking their, their juices and shakes. And again, that same woman passes by attractive woman and she stops by them and she says good morning father good morning father and she walks away and but one of the priests he said he just couldn't take it anymore he says excuse me miss you know we are actually priests but we're not ashamed of it but we're just really curious how in the world do you know or or do you think that we're priests and this young woman smiles at them and she says oh father it's me, Sister Angela. I'll share you, with you why that story is going to be so relatable to this gospel. May I share with you this gospel? Okay. I'll share with you a story about Jacob. How many of you know Jacob in the Bible? Jacob had a twin brother named Esau. Can you say Esau? Esau. It's pronounced as Esau, but it's, read as, it's, it's written as Esau, okay? But it's Esau. So anyway, Jacob had an issue with Esau for a very long time because Esau was the firstborn. How many of you are firstborn here? Yung mga panganay. Back then, being the firstborn meant that you enjoyed two privileges. The first privilege was called the birthright. Say birthright. The birthright meant that you would inherit more than half of the, of the properties when your parents die or your father dies. And then the second privilege that you had enjoyed as a firstborn is that you got the blessing. Say blessing. The blessing meant that when the father prays over you and bestows the blessing, you would have the authority over your other siblings, okay? So Esau had both privileges because he was the firstborn. And so all his life, Jacob envied his twin brother Esau. So much so that there were two incidents that happened in their life that changed the course of their relationship. The first one was when Jacob stole the birthright. I'm not going to tell you what, how that happened because I want to focus more on how Jacob did the second thing of stealing the blessing. Now, how did he steal the blessing? Ask me how. He pretended to be his brother Esau. Okay, I'm going to read to you the story. It says here in verse 22, Jacob went close to his father Isaac that's his father, by the way, Isaac, who is the son of Abraham, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. 
he did not recognize him for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. And then he asked, are you really my son Esau? And Jacob says, I am. And then he says, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. And Jacob brought it to him and he ate and brought some wine and he drank. Then his father said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him. Can everybody say that? He blessed him. He blessed him. Can you, can you hold the hand of the person on your right? I want you to tell a very important message to that person that you're holding. Can you quickly tell that person, my friend? Come on, say it. My friend, it's time to stop pretending. Let me preach this. This is a message you all need to hear. The Japanese people say that we have three faces. How many? Three faces. Let me show you. The first face is the face that you show to the world. This is what the world sees. This is what your boss sees, your employees see. This is what your teachers see, your students see. This is what your... Basically, everybody who you're not close to, this is what they see. This is your first face. But then there is a second face. This is the face that your close friends and family see. This is what Kuya sees, what Daddy sees, what Mommy sees, what your BFF sees, what Tito sees, assuming you're close to Tito. But there is another face, and this is the third face. This is the face that nobody else sees. According to the Japanese, this is the truest reflection of who you are as a person. This is the face that only God can see. And so, I'm showing this to you. I remembered something in my own life. We have this thing that we do with our son, Ethan. He's already two years old now. And every time he wakes up in the middle of the night, a time when he's not supposed to be awake, you know what we do? We pretend to be asleep. Why do we pretend to be asleep? Because if he knows that we're awake, he'll also be awake. And so we pretend, okay? I wonder... How many of you do the same thing in your own life where you pretend to the world that you're okay and you pretend that it's fine and that everything is going good and this is what you show to the world and then you also pretend that, okay, this is the right face, you also pretend to your family, to your parents, to your siblings that nothing is wrong and you're strong and everything is fine but then underneath it all nobody really sees how you feel and what you think and what's going on in your life I came to preach this to someone here to tell you that God cannot bless who you pretend to be he cannot bless this fake version of you. He can't bless this, this bogus version of who you are, hiding behind this image of coolness, hiding behind this image of success. But underneath it all, you're not okay.
Who are you fooling? Who are you kidding? God knows what you look like. He gave you that image. God can bless who you pretend to be. Maybe today is the day when you finally show who you are and you strip down all these images and all these layers that you've accumulated over the years so you can finally reveal to God, God, this is who I am and I need you. My life is not the way I planned it to be. I need you. Is this message for anybody here? Here's the truth. We talk about saints. We started this last week. We, we, we have this thinking that saints are people who are so special that they are unattainable. They're unreachable. They're a special kind of group that we, we cannot become saints. But here's the truth. A saint is really just like you and me in the sense that they are sinners who have been forgiven by the grace of God. That's what saints are. That's why we're saying you're already a saint in the sense that you too are sinners just like me. And we need the grace of God to forgive us. The promise of the Bible is that when you approach God and come to His throne and ask for forgiveness, He washes you clean. He gives you a brand new start. That's what it says. Can we go to that verse? In the book of Psalm, the, the previous slide. No, 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 there. Be merciful to me, O God. Because of your constant love, because of your great mercy, wipe away my sins. Wash away all my evil and make me clean from my sin. Remove my sin and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. I like your silence right now because I know it's processing in your head. The truth is, this is a hard message to listen to and God spoke it to me this morning. But if I may invite you, can I invite you to stand up? We're about to close. It's a very small, short message, but I guarantee you the ending will bless you. And I pray that God will speak volumes and volumes into your life. Is it speaking to you? Yes? Is it helping you? Yes. If it's helping you, can you say amen? amen? Okay, so fast forward. I'll tell you what happened next. After Jacob stole the blessing because he pretended to be his brother, he ran away. He ran away from his family ran away from his brother because his brother had threatened to kill him. See, one thing you got to know is that when you get the blessing but you don't get it the right way, it doesn't become a blessing, it becomes a curse. It becomes a burden, it becomes a handicap in your life and that's what happened to Jacob. For 20 years, he was on the run. He was running away from all the issues and all the conflicts in his life. But then, a time would come that he would have a chance encounter again with his brother Esau. After 20 long years, they had to meet again. I'll tell you the story in a bit. Esau happened to be the leader of a town that Jacob needed to pass through. It was the only way. And so what Jacob did, very smart of Jacob too, was that he sent a messenger in advance to inform his brother that he was going to pass through. That was a smart move. But here's the thing. When Esau found out that Jacob was going to pass through, you know what he said? He said, yeah, sure. But then what I'll do is I'll bring 400 soldiers with me. And it's a funny thing when you're reading that because all of a sudden I remembered how women have this innate ability to be experts in pretending to be okay when it's not really okay. How many of you know, guys, how many of you know what I'm talking about? 
when you ask your girlfriend or your wife, are you okay? And she says, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. You better be careful. That's a ticking time bomb waiting to explode, okay? And so that's how I saw it. That's how I read it. When I was reading it, Esau was like, yeah, no, it's fine. You know, I'm just going to bring a few guns, a few bazookas, and a few tanks. 400 soldiers. So Jacob must have been afraid. So here's the story. It says that Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. Oh my gosh. So what he did was he divided the children among Leah and Rachel. Those were two, his two wives. That's for another sermon. And the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front. Leah and her children next. And then Rachel and Joseph in the rear. But he himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. Here's the most beautiful part. It says, But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. And they wept. Picture this with me for a moment. For 20 long years, Jacob was running away from everything that he was afraid of, running away from the truth, running away from, from, from the issues, running away from the conflicts, all because he stole that blessing that he shouldn't have. And only to find out that at the end of his journey, the issue had already been dealt with. What if the issue that you have been running away from all your life, you finally come face to face? and you realize that God had already dealt with that issue. See, it was only when Jacob came out of hiding, that's when God blessed him. And I believe that God still does this today. It's when you come out of hiding, that's when God heals you. That's when God blesses you. Because God cannot heal what you continue to conceal. How many of you know this? He cannot heal what you continue to conceal. God can only heal what you are willing to reveal. What if today is the day that you're finally going to come out of hiding? To stop running away from your issues, jumping from one relationship to a relationship, jumping, jumping from company to company, group to group, friend to friend. It's time to stop running from your issues. It's time to face it head on because you'll never know what if God has already dealt with that issue and all you need to do is face it. There comes a moment in your life when no matter how much God has blessed you, or no matter how much you've accomplished in life, no matter how much accolades you've got, you can't outrun your issues forever. Just like Jacob, you can't outrun it forever. You just have to step in front and say, God, I'm done running. I'm done wearing all these images that have contorted who you are in the face of people. I'm done pretending. I'm done trying to get the blessing by faking it. I'm done trying to steal the blessing because I know. I know that you know and you're fine with it. 
I received this message this morning. This is, this is how I want to close. I was driving and God put this message in my heart so much so that I had to replace our worship song in a last minute ditch. I have a friend. I'm not going to say whose who his name is but because I haven't had time to consult it with him. But he's a father. He's a son. And he shared it with me a long time ago. And he said that whenever his son would do things that, you know, bad things, negative things, evil things, he only says one thing to his son. Would you like to know what he says to his son? Ask me what. He says to his son, my son, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. That's not how I raised you to be. We're not like this. That's not who you are. And I came to say this to someone here today, that what if God is saying the same thing to you? And because we're all here tempted by so many things and I catch myself sometimes saying things I'm not supposed to say and doing things I'm not supposed to do. What if God tells you that's not who you are? You're not that person. This is not you. This is not you. I know who you are and I say you're forgiven. I say you're, you're loved. You're worthy. You're worthy. Come on, help me out. You're forgiven. You're my child. You're mine. That's not who you are. Can you touch the person on your left and say, that's not who you are. It's not who you are. Can we all bow down in the presence of God today? Let's just feel His immense presence right now. God, we have been projecting this image of ourselves for so long that we don't even know who we are anymore. We hide behind these veils of, of success and veils of strength and veils of, of being cool, of being hip, being trendy. We're hiding behind these veils, but we're tired, Lord. We want to come back to that image that you made us to be, that person you, you created from the very beginning. We want to go back to that, Lord. So in your presence right now, Jesus, we just stretch our hands receive your mercy and we receive your grace we're receiving your presence Jesus I believe that your blood flows over this place your blood is powerful enough to wash away remove every stain every shame every guilt every sin that has changed the face of that and we're just claiming God that you're reshaping us you're molding us to be the person, that person you've called us to be originally. Thank you for your grace, oh God. Thank you for this moment, for bringing me here. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, visit lightfam.com and click on Feast Teachings.